Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is your monorail co-pilot, Justin, and with me are two other monorail co-pilots. We're missing another one today, but it's a different one. So let's see who's with us. I'm looking at one of them. Which one are you? Garrett. Garrett. Very happy with us today. <laughs> How are you doing? Me? Who are you? Sam. Sam is back. Yay. The real Sam, not the imposter Sam. Hey, you guys did a really great podcast last time. I think that you don't really need me anymore. No, that's not true. <laughs> we need. We always need the, the full complement of monorail co-pilots to make this the best show it can be. But we just, we the kids told me they really tried to step it up in your absence. And I think they did a pretty good job. I think Garrett was really funny last week. You told a lot of really good jokes. Thank you. Well, today is August the 27th, and this is episode number 19 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. We're getting ready to, to cross into that big number 20 next week. Being that this is the last episode of August, we're going to do a September preview today. So we're going to talk about events and refurbishments. We'll also have, we got a couple pieces of news that I want to talk about that are pretty interesting. Then we'll have M340D, the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And then our last segment today, we're going to get back, we're going to go a little old school and we're going to do some shout outs and thank yous. And there's a lot of people that we need to, to give a shout out to this week. So nice. we're going to catch up on some of that and kind of maybe make up for the fact that I'm not doing the Twitter follow Friday thing anymore. Yeah, I noticed that whenever um, you were sick last week on Friday. Yeah. And I was thinking, should I do a follow Friday? And then I remembered that you weren't doing that Yeah, it's, it's a couple of weeks now that I've stopped doing that. I've stepped away from it. And really, it's not because it was a pain. I actually really like doing it. But we have so many people now that we interact with on a weekly basis that I get very worried that I'm going to leave somebody out that I should be shouting out on Twitter. And it makes me feel anxious. And I don't want people to feel like, you know, we're not seeing them or recognizing them or appreciate them. I'll give some credit because... Frank Cardillo mm -hmm. at Dillo's Diz. When he does a follow Friday, it's like four or five of them because he has to load up with so many people he wants to include on the shout outs. That's commitment. Yeah. And I don't have that kind of commitment. I'm sorry. I just, it would get out of hand. I'd be doing, I'd be doing like 10 of them. Props to Frank. Good yeah. job on that. Or Jen, whoever's doing it. It could be either one. Instead of worrying about leaving somebody out, I'm, I'm just going to step away from that and we'll go back to doing some shout outs here on the show for the people who are kind of interacting with us on like a weekly daily basis so yeah. that's i thought that would be fun let's start out first with events coming up in september do you want to tell us what's on the calendar sam well i bet everyone can guess the first event that's happening because it's halloween time yeah of course started <laughs> in august what is it garrett do you know what it's called the not so scary uh, something <laughs> yeah, almost <laughs> you're very close not so scary halloween party that's right it's uh, almost every Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday for uh, the whole month of September. And the only exception is the first week of September where the party will occur on Monday and Friday only. Yeah. 
So lots of opportunities this month. And the tickets, I think they start somewhere around like 85 bucks a person. Okay. I really, I'm jealous of everybody who gets to do this party. We talked about all the treats that you could potentially get at the party last week. It made me very hungry and very jealous of all the people that are going and getting to enjoy those things. So on September 20th, Disney has another After Hours. Yeah, and we've talked extensively about that at this point. You know, maybe that's one of those things that I would say, if you're a local and you go to Disney a lot, that'd probably be pretty cool. It would be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then something I wish I was doing so bad, uh, the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Um, It starts August 30th and uh, goes all the way through uh, September, I guess. September, October. I think it stops uh, sometime in November. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that again. (laughs) Me too. It's so good. Yeah. We we planned, you know, this trip mid or end of July. So we went... Before the Halloween party kicked off, before the Food and Wine Festival kicked off, when we went four years ago, we went in October, and both were going on. We, Of course, you get to do the International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot if you go to Epcot, because it's not a special hard-ticket event. Um, the other two things are hard-ticket events you have to actually purchase separate from your admission. Hmm. That was one of the things I wanted to mention when we talked about food and wine, is that it's included. So if you go to Epcot any any time during the month. I didn't know the other ones were included. Yeah, you got to buy special tickets for those. I'm yeah. glad we did the Food and Wine Festival. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah, I know. And we're going to do it again someday. There was a lot of tasty stuff. Yeah. And they've got like the concert series, the Eat to the Beat series, where yeah. they bring in, bring it in like Smash Mouth and all those cool bands that we still love. Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett loves Smash Mouth. No, it's I, ironic, but I, I don't think they'd bring in Smash Mouth. I think Smash Mouth is on the list. Yeah. That's weird. And, and bands like 98 Degrees. Oh, my gosh. And stuff like that, yeah. What? I didn't know Nick Smash Lachey? Mouth was still together. Of course. What are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing these days? Yeah, I... They're not Hanging like... out with Guy Fieri. Maybe yeah. they be, maybe that the lead singer, I can't think of his name, maybe he became Guy Fieri. Ooh. And he opened up Chicken Guy. They look exactly alike. <laughs> similar. They have similar <laughs> aesthetics. I just, yeah. They like to wear flaming bowling shirts. And they like frosted tips. No, they, they're they twins. Yeah. If they're not the same person. Let's talk about refurbishments. So I'll handle this one. I know you don't like me to say this oh my you, gosh, because you think it it's alone. understood, but in Magic Kingdom, Stitch is still closed. Oh, surprise. Probably won't come back. Um, the uh, lib- I like that ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, it's not right. It was cute. It's not that much of a ride. It's an attraction. Yeah. Although they put a harness on you as if it's a ride. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just to keep you from running out when Stitch burps in your face. Yeah, because like, it stinks. <laughs> um, also, the Liberty Square Riverboat is not operational right now, but that's just a refurbishment thing. And everywhere else is full go. Although, I mean, we've had some things closed, of course, at the studios in Epcot, but that's like permanently closed. But nothing's actually under refurbishment, so that's good. Now, speaking of going away forever, we mentioned this recently. The Disney Junior Live on stage is actually ending as of September 2nd. It will be replaced by a new stage show for the kids. And then the incredible Tomorrowland Expo, Epsco, I was going to (laughs) say, is going to end on September 4th at Magic Kingdom. This is a rumor. This isn't me reporting news. But there was a chance that they were actually going to be refurbishing the People Mover to have like a incredibles voiceover the whole time and then they were going to add some show scenes to it that were maybe going to be incredibles based i actually really hope that doesn't happen i don't think it's necessary i personally 
appreciate the people mover exactly as it is. I mean, I think it'd be cool if it was a separate thing. Yeah, they could make a Incredibles ride separately that you mm-hmm. get to ride through and see some show scenes. That'd be fine. And if they want to put it in Tomorrowland, fine. But don't don't put Incredibles on my people mover. No, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be awful, I don't think. But it's not necessary. It's yeah, I fine. wouldn't be as sad as you. I know. I don't think you guys are, you know, maybe as sentimental about but the people mover as I am. I, I do like its feel, how it is. You have also been to Disney 100 million times, and we have only been Garrett 2, me 3. Yeah. When you went with McKenna, do you th- did you ride the people mover? No. I didn't, I didn't even know not. what it was. Yeah. I, it's one of those things, I think if you weren't looking for it, you would probably just pass right by it. Yeah, I don't even, I really don't think I knew what it was. You have to go so. up the little inverted, or inverted, inclined moving walkway that takes you up Rocket Tower Plaza to get yeah. on the ride. You might just think it's part of the um, Astro Orbiters. I really thought the only thing over there was the Laugh Factory, the Stitch thing, and uh, Space, Space Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. You rode Buzz Lightyear. It, yes. You and McKenna rode yeah. Buzz Lightyear. I don't know. I, I just don't think it needs it, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe they'll maybe they'll keep it traditional the way it is. All right. We got a couple news articles I want to get to before we wrap up segment one. The first is pretty interesting, but I can hit it pretty quickly. So they've they've rolled out a new feature in the My Disney Experience app. You can now opt in to use your phone as a key to your room. Oh, nice. So they tested this at Wilderness Lodge earlier in the year. It went well, and now they're rolling it out to the rest of the resort. You still need your magic band for things like buying fast stuff passes. and fast passes. I feel like I'd rather use the magic band as a room key. Yeah. But the, I guess the thing is, if you ever accidentally left your magic band in the room and you had your phone, you could easily do that. And apparently they've added a little bit of a Disney touch to it. So if you listen really closely, you're going to hear the sound of pixie dust filling the air as your hotel room door opens. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of neat. That's could've, cute. Could have done that with the... Uh... Magic band. <laughs> You're Garrett, right, Garrett. Garrett made a just saying face when he said <laughs> So anyway, that came from the Disney Parks blog. I just think it's cool. I, As has probably become apparent, I'm a big fan of technology in yeah. the parks. So this kind of thing makes me excited. This next article is something that we pulled from the Orlando Sentinel. And I just thought this was kind of interesting and, and maybe sparks a little bit of conversation. So... Epcot's Frozen Ever After ride leads Disney's list for most evacuation calls. So what What? does that mean? Basically, rides, for whatever reason, one reason or another, will shut down during the day. Yeah. Whether it be for standard regular maintenance or maybe... Winnie the Pooh's head pops off. Winnie the Pooh's head pops off. you know, getting checked by an engineer. Getting checked by an engineer. There could be whatever reason that the ride shuts down temporarily throughout the day. Well... We know this happens. It's happened to us on rides. We, you know, we got, as I mentioned, we got stuck on Star Tours and they yeah. put us in a different speeder um, at one point. Did we get stuck on anything else? I feel like, well, yeah, Winnie uh, the Pooh. We yeah. mentioned Winnie the Pooh. So, yeah, so it's happened. You know, if you go to Disney, you ride enough rides, you're going to get stuck on something eventually. Hopefully it's not Small World and they keep playing the soundtrack for hours. Right. So this article basically looked back for a certain period of time and I want to say it was... July 27th, 2016 to July 18th of 2018. So basically two years of data. 
And out of 550 ride evacuation calls, 113 of those were for Frozen Ever After. What in the world is going on? There's a couple of reasons for this that could potentially cause this to be a little less reliable. One is it's a water ride. And historically, water rides require a lot more maintenance than typical rides do. Oh. When this was Maelstrom, it was a water ride as well before they shut it down. And actually... I guess people thought that as they were refurbishing it and making it frozen, that it was going to be kind of redone. They didn't even know if it'd still be a water ride, or at least they would address some of the maintenance issues. Well, they really just used the exact same track and ride system for Frozen <laughs> Ever After and just built stuff around it. So, okay. so it's still an unreliable water ride. Have we ever been on this? No, I we haven't. Because so. it, it didn't open until after we left when we went in October of 2014. Okay. So Maelstrom actually just closed. Oh, like okay. it clo- I think it closed the week before we went. So we didn't even get a last ride on Maelstrom. Well, I didn't. I don't think you'd ever ridden I've it. I've never. Yeah, so, so they reopened it as Frozen, and not only is it a water ride, it actually has some pretty advanced audio animatronics in there as well. So one of the things that is in this article from the Orlando Sentinel, this was a comment from Bill Zanetti, an adjunct professor who focuses on theme park management at the University of Central Florida. He said, Frozen has a lot more advanced audio animatronics. And he said, I don't believe they made a huge upgrade to the power substation. If it were my best guess, I would expect a lot more of the downtime and evacuation was because of power loss. So they're pulling a lot more power for these advanced audio animatronics. And they didn't upgrade the power supply and power substation for it. So... He said that could have a lot to do with it. But it doesn't say why they were evacuated? No, it, it doesn't. You know, and, and as I said, there could be a lot of different reasons. Um, it could be that they actually consider it a kind of a shutdown if passengers need more time to get off, like someone that's handicapped needs needs some additional assistance. But it could also because be because there's something that gets dropped into the, into the water of yeah. the ride that they need to get out. It could be a power loss. It could be... Something's not functioning the way it's supposed to. They will still run it if, like, I've seen video of people riding Frozen where, like, Olaf doesn't move. And he's Uh, supposed to be, like, dancing around and stuff. Gotcha. So they're still going to run it if the audio animatronics aren't moving. But there are plenty of reasons why um, it might shut down. The other thing they're saying is, actually, the increase of ride safety throughout the years has actually caused rides to shut down more often. Because they've added in so many more sensors like safety sensors that if one either isn't responding or trips for whatever reason they'll shut the ride down mm. so that could be another reason as well but i thought this was pretty interesting because when you think about the water rides like think about pirates of the caribbean splash mountain um small world all those rides jungle cruise do you think what do you think about that water would you want to swim in it uh no, no. Because you think it's gross, right? Yeah, it's probably bacteria-ridden. Right. This article says the water of these rides is so full of chemicals that it's as clean as a swimming pool. And it tends to be tough on the ride's mechanical pieces. All the oh. belts, gear, gears, and chains. That, that's crazy. I know. You know, Landon and I, when we did the M340 about Jungle Cruise, they actually... That water looks brown. Yeah. Well, they call that turbidity... Disney actually controls the color of the water. They want it to look that way. While it looks gross, it seems like it's actually pretty clean water. It's There's a lot of science involved with this stuff at Disney. Yeah, surprisingly. You'd think they need a whole team of engineers that they could call Imagineers taking care of this sort of Shut thing. Shut up. 
All right. I guess they have to do it because if the water was really gross and dirty, like if it splashed up on people and people were getting sick, that'd be a liability. Yeah, and that stuff splashes on your face. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would want to keep it clean. Yeah. Plus, kids will stick their hands in the water and then they rub their eyes. Well, and the other thing, too, I just thought of, like, if it wasn't clean, they'd probably get algae buildup on yeah. their, on all the maintenance or all the gears and tracks and stuff like that. So they probably just have chemical buildup. Well, the chemicals wear it down. No. I just thought this was kind of interesting. And so I did pull over the top 10 list. I thought this would be kind of fun. You're probably looking at it, so you can't play. I'm going to ask Garrett, we just said that Frozen Ever After has the most shutdowns in that time period that I missed mentioned, 113. Mm -hmm. What do you think the number two ride on the top 10 list is? Second most shutdowns. That's hard. Think about what I said about what rides require more maintenance. Well, it's probably a water ride. Okay. Can't be that new. Okay. You're on the right path. I don't know many water rides. Pirates isn't that new. That's number two. Number two on the list, Pirates of the really Caribbean. That was really good, Garrett. Number seven, that has 72 shutdowns in the same time period. Number three is not a water ride. It's Space Mountain, actually, which is an old ride. Uh, 64 shutdowns. Kali River Rapids, that's another water ride, 44. And then the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh comes in <laughs> with 33. We've been on one of those 33. Yep. The Barnstormer had 32. That's a kid's roller coaster, goofy-based Peter Pan's Flight had 31, another old ride. I would not be happy to be stuck on Peter Pan's Flight if I was, like, in the ride area up off the ground. It looks really high, and I know that you and Landon talked about this, <laughs> and it's not that high, but... 17 I, feet is high. Well, it is high, but if I fell, I'd probably be all right. You'd be all right. I mean, I'd be hurt, Yeah, but... It wouldn't feel good, but you'd be all right. Yeah, but I... I you'd crush London. Mm-hmm. You might crush Big Ben. <laughs> Splash Mountain comes in after that at 21. Then Toy Story Midway Mania at 16. Spaceship Earth rounds out the list with 15. Wait, um, Toy Story Midway Mania? Mm-hmm. Which one is that? The one where you have to shoot the targets. It's like you're in a carnival. That's brand new. Relatively new. It's been around about at least 10 years, I would think. Oh, is it in Toy Story Land? Mm. Yes, it is now. It wasn't. It's in Hollywood Studios. I remember it. Okay. We, yeah, we it I remember time. it too. I thought that was a new thing though. It, yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's at least 10 years old. You got your phone. Google it. When did, I knew, when did I, Toy Story Midway Whenever we were there last time, I I had known that it been around a little while. Yeah. But it is, I mean, out of all of these, let me just take a quick look. It's probably the newest one on the list. Uh, well, Frozen Ever After, but new quote unquote new Toy Story Midway Mania was built from the ground up new uh, Frozen Ever After it was a retread let's just be honest 2008 oh I nailed it yeah when did it open in 2008 May 31 wow so it's it did just celebrate not, its 10th anniversary not that long after I was born I want to round this out by saying that the end of this article says it seems like the worst is over for Frozen Ever After the highest number of, evacu- of evacuations peaked at 10 in August of 2017 and in October of 2017. Now it's down to a handful. In June of 2018, there were only two, down from six in June of 2017. So maybe they're figuring it out. Yeah, it takes some time. Yep, so it might be a little more reliable, but I wouldn't call it old reliable. No. It's, It's no old faithful. Garrett's old faithful. Yeah. Garrett, was that a shocking list to you? Any surprises on that list? Not really. 
I was proud of you for getting number two. That was good deduction. Yeah, you did a good job. All right. Well, I think that will lead us to our break. Coming up next is M34D. Stay tuned. gentlemen welcome back to the monday morning monorail podcast this is the disney deep dive with the dawes and joining me as he does every week is landon the dawes in the deep dive with the dawes doan landon welcome to the show hi buddy well on this section of the show every week or this section of the monorail if you will we love to dig into disney's rides attractions resorts whatever it may be restaurants We've been focused so far on day one attractions, so we're going to continue to do that. And I think it's time we address the flying elephant in the room. <laughs> that feels like a very appropriate way to call our next attraction, a very appropriate thing to call our next attraction. I know. And I may have said that before we started recording, and then I kicked myself because you always want that gold on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Save it for when the red lights run. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that means today we're going to be talking about Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Yes, this was another day one attraction at the Magic Kingdom Park and another ride that was ported over from Disneyland. Is ported over an effective phrase? Is that appropriate or is that like just for like, you know, video games that go from one console to another? Well, I was going to say as a gamer, I get the reference so it works. But I mean, if that's the specific question you're asking, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask that question to. Okay, well, listeners, tell me if that makes any sense to you or not. (laughs) Start a poll. (laughs) You can do that. (laughs) Again, day one attraction, classic attraction. I think, you know, kids of all ages, of course, can ride the ride. But I think this the mass appeal is definitely for kids that are kids ages, Um, especially because this is a carousel spinner ride that could potentially make you sick if you are sensitive to such things. Not as, you know, sensitive to say the teacups, but yeah, definitely could uh, get the stomach uh, moving. Turned up. Turned up for sure. (laughs) Um, So Landon, I'm going to admit something. On our previous episode, we were talking about Peter Pan's flight. And I am a fan of that movie. I, growing up, that was one of the Disney classics I would watch repeatedly. We had the old clamshell VHS. And I would watch Peter Pan um, over and over again. Before you could actually just like put it on repeat and not have to rewind it. So so yeah, I was a favorite. That was one of my favorites. Dumbo, not so much. I mean, where do you stand on Dumbo? Are you a fan of... I mean, and, and I go as far to say that the new Tim Burton Dumbo that's coming out, I don't... Uh, sorry. this. I hope this isn't going <laughs> to lose us some listeners. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Disney, knock it off with this whole new trend of recreating live-action animated... Or live-action versions of all your animated stuff. Stop it. Well, if they're going to do it, make it like Lion King. I'm excited about that one, but... uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. But, uh, like, I guess if I had to get in one camp, a fan of Dumbo or not a fan of Dumbo, I'd probably go not a fan of Dumbo. I appreciate it for the history uh, in Disney that it has. But at the same time, if I'm sitting down and I'm going to watch one of the old school animated Disney movies that I grew up on, I don't know if Dumbo makes the top ten. 
Yeah. So, for all the fans that just decided they're no longer going to listen to this show, it's been real. Thanks so much. We appreciate yep. you. Maybe maybe we'll win you back someday. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not going to drag it through the mud anymore than, than to just say Dumbo has never been for me. So, but I, I know Matt's different. I think Matt's a huge fan. Our, our uh, co-host of Nerd News Cafe, Matt Weaver, I believe when we discussed this on that show, he said he was a fan of Dumbo. So, yeah. So they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> they do exist. Yeah, they do exist. Um, but anyway, of course, this ride is based on the film. Unlike Peter Pan's Flight, it's not really going to tell you any kind of story about the film. But if you pay attention, there are some murals around the, the base of the spinner, that uh, the central hub, that have some you know images, uh, murals of, of scenes from the film. So like, I guess if you were spinning fast enough, maybe it would look like you were watching the film really fast. I don't know. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I think everybody pretty much knows what it is. I, I tend to start these segments off and explain... You know, this is uh, what what the attraction is. But I think everybody... Is there any possibility there's people out there that don't know what Dumbo the Flying Elephant ride is? I guess that's possible. Um, if you don't, essentially picture a central hub, a big giant pole, and then extending out from that pole are 16 arms. Attached to the end of the arm is a Dumbo-shaped ride vehicle that has a joystick in it. And when the ride goes, it spins... We'll get into this either counterclockwise or clockwise. Um, and then you can use the joystick to make Dumbo fly high into the air or stay near the bottom if you don't like to go high up into the air. So that's the ride. And you get to do that for two minutes or something. And and I know you said uh, you just explained it and, and you said uh, I'm sure there are some people out there that don't know what you're talking about. If you've ever been to a state fair, you know that thing that like it's generally UFOs or a rocket or something and it spins around and you go up and down. This is exactly that ride, but with a Disney skin on it. Or have you ever heard of the Astro Orbiter or the Magic Carpets of Aladdin also in the Magic Kingdom Park? Because they're exactly the same ride. Yeah, boom, there you go. <laughs> so so, so if the line at Dumbo is really long, just go check out Aladdin. No. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to get into why you might prefer to just wait on Dumbo in just a minute. But um, I want to start out with the history just a little bit. So I guess the initial concept for this ride in Disneyland was that the particular ride vehicle elephants were not necessarily going to be Dumbo. They were actually going to just be pink flying elephants like like you see in Dumbo's Dream in the movie. Hmm. So I don't think that that ever came to fruition. I think that was just like an early concept. And then once they actually built the ride, um, they installed it with gray elephants that looked like Dumbo. So it was just kind of one of those concept things. Um, I think, I guess they figured, you know, people would rather ride in Dumbo than one of the nameless pink elephants from his dream. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And and if if it had gone down that route with the pink elephants, I don't know if that necessarily would have taken anything away from the ride, but now knowing it could, or it ended up being D uh, Dumbo the elephant itself, I think that actually adds to the ride. Yeah. And when it was initially built, uh, the central hub had like a disco ball sitting on top of it. And then Timothy Q. Mouse stood on top of it, and he actually held a whip, which is kind of brutal, I guess. Um, and so, <laughs> so Disney decided to soften that in the future and actually change that to where Timothy Q. Mouse is holding a feather instead. And I think now instead of a disco ball, 
in, where it's applicable and there is still a Disney Q mouse standing on top of the hub, he's standing on a hot air balloon and he's holding a feather. So that's changed. Not nearly as cruel. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, it, 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 it was an animal being cruel to another animal. So if you think about it, it's kind of adorable. Well, right? maybe, no, no. maybe it was like a tribute to Indiana Jones. He uses a whip and we all love him, right? So that's good. That's true. And, and, and he's a doctor. <laughs> that's right. One of the things I thought was pretty interesting as I was doing some research for Dumbo is I found out that there is actually one of the little elephant ride vehicles in the collection of the Smithsonian National Museum in Washington, D.C., that was donated in 2005 for Aww. Disneyland's 50th anniversary. And I was trying to think, I guess I've been to D.C. since then, but I don't think I noticed there being a Dumbo, so I must have missed it. I don't know where it's at. So, Landon, have you ever personally ridden Dumbo the Flying Elephant? Yes, I have personally ridden uh, Dumbo the Flying Elephant. It was uh, one of the first rides I rode on my first trip to Disney as a young child. So I do remember getting in Dumbo and going up and down and around and around. So, I mean, it, it, it's not the most you know exciting ride, uh, but at the same time, Little Landon was really into it. So, yes, I, I do remember riding this ride. It's funny you say that and because I have a very similar memory of, like, the first time I went to Walt Disney World, going into the Magic Kingdom, I feel like this is one of the first rides I ever rode. And I guess it's because, as a kid, you're not, you know, this is, there are a lot of rides that you might have a little bit of anxiety around riding, a little fear. Even Peter Pan, for example, because it's indoor, you don't really it's, know. And it's dark. It's yeah. dark, you don't know what's going to happen. Dumbo, you see it, it's out in the open, it just looks, you know, fun. You get to ride with your mom or dad sitting beside you, or, or your brother or sister or whatever. And it's not as nearly as threatening. And I guess if you don't want to fly, you could just keep it near the bottom, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's why. And, and, and another thing I remember about when I was young riding on this ride, like I remember going up for the on the first time and it's like on the videos now, especially what we're going to get to you uh, get to with what they've built up around it. It's kind of obscured some of the some of the sights you could see. But I do remember like going up in the Dumbo and it's like I mean, it's not crazy high or anything, but it's still an elevated view and just looking around. It, it's like it's like the hair on my arm are standing up just talking about it. it's like it's like that's something I'll always remember like like from that ride. Yeah, the view from Dumbo. That's a good point. It's a good it does give you a nice 360 degree view of the park. And it is a little different now because they've relocated it. So while we're talking about it, why, why don't you get into um, some of the renovation that has happened and some of the refurbishment to Dumbo? Yeah, in 1993, they uh, they updated the ride. Uh, Jay made mention it has 16 carts. Uh, 1993, that's where those 16 carts came from. That was part of the renovations they did. And then in uh, 2011, there was a ton of heavy reconstruction and remodeling in Fantasyland. And part of that was Dumbo the Flying Elephant. And in 2012, it reopened with a... Uh, very and this might be the first time that where I say I think the queue is more interesting than the ride itself. <laughs> a Playland queue featured after the big top from Dumbo the movie itself, where it's like a old school like Discovery Zone type Playland, where it's like if Little Landon had that back in the day, he 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 really might be talking more about uh, the playground instead of riding Dumbo, because like the videos and the images that uh, that I've seen of that Playland queue look awesome. They really do. I, I would agree with you. I was actually thinking, because I have not experienced the new queue. So what it is, it's a lineless queue. And it's amazing that they've done this, because Dumbo was one of those historically that, if you wanted to ride it, because as both Landon and I are sitting here telling you, kids are making their parents ride this ride. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there used to be a pretty long line, like an outdoor line for Dumbo the Flying Elephant. So when they refurbished the ride, they moved it. They added another carousel, so now there's two of them um, instead of just the one. And they introduced this lineless queue where you actually get to go with your kids into the little play area. And, yeah, I was watching the video of it today, and I was thinking, I wonder how often it is that a parent is sitting there while their kid's playing. Their pager goes off telling them it's time to go, and the kid refuses to get off the playground. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm sure that happens. I mean, they got slides. They had, like, a hanging bridge I saw. And that was just from the one video I saw. It's like, what's – like – I don't know what was off the off the screen, but like I said, it's like this might be one of the times. Like, no, I'm 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 cool hanging out in the queue. Yeah, this will work. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> check back with me in like 20 minutes. Yeah, apparently there's trampolines in there. There's slides. There's like you mentioned. There's kind of an obstacle net climb kind of thing that the kids can go through. Oh, so cool. They they've got <laughs> one little climbing area that looks like the the burning house, um, and then they've got like you know clowns with a fire hose. I also noticed that there is a little Dumbo flying around in the room. With Timothy on his head, that's pretty neat. And plus, I'd imagine is if, if if I was a parent of a couple of little small ones, like let them go burn some energy for thirty minutes climbing on a jungle gym. Where oh, I'm just gonna sit down over here for yeah. a second. Yeah. Oh, in air conditioning, by the way. Oh, there you go. Boom. All right. I think it's. I think I can safely say this is the one ride where I like the queue more than the ride itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So indoors air conditioning and a jungle gym. Set them up. Seriously. I mean, it's it's great. It's it's it was a brilliant concept. It's been. Very successful, I would say. One of the other things I did read about, when they introduced Dumbo to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, there was another difference uh, from the Disneyland ride, which was the Disneyland ride actually has kind of a water feature around the bottom of it that they couldn't do um, in the Magic Kingdom. And apparently that was because with the Utilidors underneath the ground the way they were, they couldn't do the piping that they needed for the fountains that go around the bottom of the Dumbo ride. Well... Now that it's moved, and there are two Dumbo rides, they both have the water feature. So obviously they've addressed that somehow. And actually, it looks really neat at night. So there's kind of, it's a circular fountain that goes all the way around the ride. So actually Dumbo, when he's all the way down at the bottom, the ride vehicle kind of sits in a little carved out path. I don't know what to call it. It's like a, it's, it's almost like a moat <laughs> that goes, okay. ar- goes like around that. the hub. And Dumbo kind of sits in that moat. When the ride goes up, then it kind of opens up the view and you can see the water that's like spilling over into the moat. And at night, it lights up with LEDs that change color, like rainbow colors and stuff. It looks really nice. Yeah. Mm. Really nice touch. So um, it's at least worth taking a look at. I will tell you, I watched, (laughs) as we were doing the research for this show, I watched some videos of Dumbo the Flying Elephant. The... And I know, as I'm getting older, I am more sensitive to spinner rides and rides that go in circles. I did not realize that just watching an on-ride video of Dumbo was going to make me nauseous, and it did. So, oh, wow. wow. So that's so, how bad it is for so me. So you cried and you got sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're falling apart, dude. It's been an exciting day for me. <laughs> I didn't know I needed Dramamine just to watch a Dumbo video, but apparently I do. So all right, so so after this podcast, take that, lie down, put a cold compress on your head. Yeah, and then maybe I can watch more ride videos. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to mention about them introducing the new spinners was that every single Dumbo ride in the world spins counterclockwise. When they introduced the 
two spinners for the new Dumbo ride. One of them spins counterclockwise. The other spins clockwise. Hmm. Yeah, and so if you kind of think about where the two would meet, of course, they're, they're kind of spread out so they don't get very close, but where the two would meet, it, it's almost like gears. So they're, so they're going the same direction, you know, on that side, but then they just spin away from each other. So it, it, I guess it's a nice looking effect. I'm not sure why they decided to do that, though, really, to be honest. I guess just to be different. So if you get one, you go clockwise. If you get one, you go counterclockwise. Maybe that adds, for some people, rewritability. I don't know. I was, I was literally just going to say it's probably for those people that, you know, have to do literally everything Disney offers. So it, it was probably just another caveat to that. And like you said, I mean, why not? Yeah. So that also gives it its little unique touch. So Dumbo is located at six fantasy lands in the Disney parks around the world. Six. I think that's all of them. Are there, are there more than six Disney's out there? I don't think so. Uh, that sounds about right. I mean, we can we can Google it. But, well, we're you know. thinking, you know, quickly, we're thinking Disneyland, Disney World, uh, Disneyland Paris, Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney, Shanghai, Shanghai, and then Hong Kong. And I think yeah, that's so, it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So there you go. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> of course they would be because it's really, truly a staple of a Walt Disney World park. I mean, they use Dumbo on a lot of their advertising even today. You know, you're, you're going to see a Dumbo flying elephant uh, shot or a video. So, and the kids love it. You can't deny it. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to get into the fun facts. Did we cover everything you had? Uh, yeah, that's everything I was bringing to the table other than my, you know, witty charm. Okay. <laughs> um, well, make sure to include that at some point, please. Um, okay. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> Take that me. <laughs> <laughs> Landon, do you know... Harkening back to our conversation last week, we talked about how high the Peter Pan flight pirate ships fly. Do you know how high the elephants of Dumbo fly? Ooh, and and we're still playing with uh, um, prices right uh, rules. Yes, yeah, okay, yep. cool, cool. Prices right rules. Um, I will say they get twelve point five feet high. So this must be a magic number because apparently they fly seventeen feet high. Really? Yeah. I don't, mm. I don't know why 17 feet, but that's the number. I was going to ask, is like, like was Walt uh, superstitious about the number 17 or something? I or wonder. Like, the, like I, the, I, the people who built Disney World collectively, they had 17 feet among them? No, it's... <laughs> yeah, somebody. Peg Leg Pete, you know, he only had the one. Um, no, it's interesting because I wonder if there's something about 17 feet. Like, if someone was to fall from 17 feet, they might break something, but it wouldn't be fatal. That's a, that, that's a possibility, or it might be some uh, guideline set by the state of Florida or something. Yeah, like that. something like some safety guideline. Uh, it'd be interesting to, to find that out. I don't know. Um, the other fun fact I was going to give you is that, and I think this is true about Disneyland. I don't know if it's true about Disney World, but the music that's being provided for the ride is actually supplied by a 1915 band organ built by Gavioli, which sounds like ravioli, but with a G. I was going to say, sounds delicious. Yeah. And apparently that organ has the potential to be heard a mile away. That's a loud organ. Wow. Yeah, seriously. That thing carries. Yeah. So I don't know if the music coming from the ride in Disney World is being played by an organ. But even if that's a Disneyland fact, I like it. So there you, there you have it, folks. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my fun facts. That's Dumbo. That's about all I have to say about it. It's a, it's a ride. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think we can definitely say it's a ride. Um, and I guess I would also put this in, you know, your Disney 101. Like, if yeah. you wanted to get your get your degree from Disney, this is going to be your prerequisites. I'm, I'm looking back at our list of things we've covered for day one attractions. Um, I know we included the Dapper Dance. They're an attraction, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, out of all the things that we've covered, I don't know... Okay, here's one that I think you that I wouldn't necessarily say is part of your Disney education. It's a it's an elective. The Frontierland Shooting Arcade that's an elective. In, yeah. In your degree program, it's not necessarily 101. Um, what about uh, Swiss Family Tree Robinson? Yeah, I think that's 101. I think it has to be. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, is the dean of this made up school? I disagree. <laughs> yeah, it's it might be borderline because if Disneyland felt the the uh, the freedom to convert it to a Tarzan house, then maybe it's not quite as sacred as I think it is, but I don't know. There's something about it. Like, it's handmade. It's, I don't know, there's a lot to it, so. And it definitely was, you know, rooted in Walt's tradition of storytelling, and the only thing is it's not for everybody, because if you can't climb the stairs, you can't do it, so. Nope, yep. <laughs> so there you go. But anyway... Yeah, that'll wrap us up for today. Um, and, you know, as we go forward, we've got a few more of these day one attractions left. But I do want to say that we're holding on to the Haunted Mansion because we want to do that for our Halloween episode. So we're going to have to do it for our Halloween episode. Yeah. So we're going to have to sprinkle in some non day one attractions just to push that one back a little bit. So just FYI, if you guys start to be like day one police on us, you, you will find out that we're. That one is not coming at you until Halloween. And also, don't be a day one police on us. This is just a fun podcast about the most magical place on Earth. Well, people it's get, all good. They get passionate. That's okay. Oh, that they do. I, I have a Twitter account. I'm aware how passionate <laughs> they get. Um, and, and then the other thing I was thinking is, actually, maybe for the Halloween episode, we should just make a M3 4D takeover and just do Haunted Mansion for that whole episode. I'm okay with that. I have been known to just uh, take over stuff uh, when I, even when I wasn't invited. So if I have an invitation, I'm definitely going to do that. And plus, have you seen some of the video for uh, Mickey's Not So Scary uh, Halloween celebration? That thing looks awesome this year. It does. It looks very good. And you just turned into a um, a robot while you were speaking, and so I have to. I have <laughs> beep, to. Boop, boop, <laughs> I am a Disney robot. I have to wonder if, like, I'm actually speaking to Landon, or if this is some sort of a droid trying to sell me tickets to the not so scary party. But um, <laughs> yes, please be sure to uh, re- reference my name when you buy them. Yeah. Well, Landon, I got an idea. Why don't we plug some things and see if maybe we can get you over? Like, maybe your popularity will spike, and then you can afford to take me with you to, to the not so scary party. Hey, I like that. Twitter.com slash Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. That's where you can find the latest from me. 280 characters at a time. Also on our website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch! That's good. A little Dapper Dan action right there. That's where you can find the exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, where myself and Hunter East break down each episode of HBO's award-winning series Game of Thrones. We have a complete rundown of Season 7. Whenever HBO decides to do Season 8, we'll be there. Um, I might ask Hunter if he wants to, you know, do something in the uh, meantime, just, you know. Get some content going, but uh, in the meantime, uh, in lieu of that, we do have 
the Near Fall Radio podcast, if you're a fan of the Sweet Science Professional Wrestling. That's where myself and somebody you might be familiar with, I believe his name is uh, Justine Krutzonger, something like that. I know that. Uh, He and I talk about uh, wrestling. We uh, just had our SummerSlam episode, and uh, we will be breaking down what happened at SummerSlam uh, this week. So, you know, check it out. iTunes Store, uh, Near Fall Radio. Five stars uh, review would be appreciated. Five stars or GTFO, remember. Near Fall Radio, tag in. Yeah, look at that. You're bringing the wrestling stuff. I dig it. Yeah. You can use that. I won't charge you for it. <laughs> wow, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very magnanimous of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for me, you know where to find me. I'm on this show, and I'm going to be right back with segment three. Landon, thank you, as always, for joining me on M340D. Bye. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. That was a very special segment of M340. We were talking about Dumbo. Aww. The flying elephant. Makes me nauseous. (laughs) Well, if you listen to today's show, and those of you who are here now have, you will have heard that I watched, as we were doing research for that segment, I watched on-ride videos of Dumbo, and just watching the video made me nauseous. Yeah. I mean, it's super cute. Done it one time. I, don't think I was going to ask you guys if you did Dumbo yeah. when, when you took me. I feel like you have to. I, I actually feel like I am a failing parent because I never, I've never taken Garrett on Dumbo, and I feel like that's something every kid is supposed to do at Disney, and we didn't do it. Yeah, we did so. it, and the whole time McKenna and I were like, Ugh. We rode the Astro Orbiters, so that checks the box for the spinner ride. But True. I like that one. Yeah, well, you you didn't want to go high, though, and I made you go way no, up I way up high. I didn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I changed his mind. It has better it was, views of the park than Dumbo does. It was, uh, the, the thing that made me not like it was you. Thanks. Because you were making it go high. Of course. <laughs> he just said he didn't like you. I know. No, I said I didn't like that ride because of him. <laughs> the joys of being a parent. No. Um, well, today, for segment number three... I wanted to catch up on a few shout outs and thank yous. It's been a while since we've done this on the show, and that was something I always intended to occur in our third segment. So I'm going to get back to it today and show some appreciation. As, as I mentioned in the first segment, I don't really do the Follow Friday thing on Twitter anymore, but this I feel like is a little more personal and special, and I'm really going to try to show some appreciation to those people who have been really supportive to us and... Um, I'm just, I think we're all really grateful to a lot of these folks. Yes. First of all, after our call out for people to go out and give us ratings and reviews on iTunes, we now have six five-star reviews. I don't know who all six of those people are because they didn't write a review, but I do know one of them. And that was someone that goes by the name orange underscore bird underscore dole underscore whip. That's a lot of underscores. Yeah. Orange bird dole whip. And they said... A great podcast, a lot of fun to listen to, great format, and a lot of interesting content, even for seasoned Disney veterans. The best part of the podcast is that every Monday, you get a new episode. Episode. (laughs) That's really nice. It is. Yeah, thank you. We said nothing about the uh, the comedy. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, his review is lacking, according to Garrett. <laughs> That's true. Garrett's on he a roll today. He wants a personal <laughs> shout out for his his contribution to the show. I think it's a high compliment to say, even for seasoned Disney veterans, because I mean that that's a true test right there. Is this something that people who are you know very familiar with Disney would want to listen to and enjoy? And and they say you would. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Going over to Twitter. I want to start the Twitter shoutouts with at Dillo's Diz. I want to say thank you all so much for all the support and interaction. You're amazing. And I want to recommend to all of you out there that you check out the Improvisers Guide podcast. It's really good stuff. And they do rotating kind of every week. The days kind of rotate the subjects of the podcast. Yeah. I recommend Wednesday because that's everything is wrestling Wednesday. Ah. And then Thursday is theme park Thursday. That's cool. They, they're they busy people, huh? Yeah. So go check that out. Really fun to listen to. Good show. At Disney Gratitude 1, you know, you take the E off gratitude and replace it with a 1. Jocelyn, a lot of the same stuff from her. Very supportive. Uh, lots of shout outs. She always includes us when she does Follow Fridays, and I appreciate that. Yes. She has a blog that I want you to check out, and it's called DisneyDreamin411.com. Good for Disney travel advice. I'm Disney dreaming all the time as well. <laughs> yeah. Shout out for at WDW Minibar. That's a- my best friend. Allison is Samantha's best friend. She doesn't even know it. She has, She always gives us great advice. Always very supportive of the show. And she has an Etsy shop. Yeah. What? So check out Glass Slippers Designs. She does custom Mickey or Minnie ears and Disney paintings. Uh, I like to shop. Yeah. <laughs> So check that out on Etsy. I want to say hello and thank you to at Tom underscore park days. Thanks for the shout outs. And you all need to check out his Disney vacation planning site, which is parkdays with a Z.com. At WDW Jedi Master. That's the drunk stormtrooper, the famous drunk stormtrooper. He is a great friend of ours on Twitter. Follow him. He's got some really awesome Disney World videos. And of course, hilarious drunk stormtrooper antics. We like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is a little bit of a clarification shout-out. Last week, I was living in a reality where there was one Nick with about three different <laughs> Twitter <laughs> handles that I was speaking to who was um, a former podcaster and also a Disney vacation planning specialist. It turns out there are two Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very confused. One night, Justin came to me and he was like, there's this guy, Nick, and he's got two Twitters and he like maintains two separate conversations <laughs> with me all the time. Well, <laughs> and you'll understand why I thought they might have been the same person because, first of all, both named Nick. And come on, who's named Nick? Those two guys are. Um, <laughs> I have a friend named Nick. You do. See, Nick. They're both very supportive. They're both awesome. They were very interactive on Twitter. But but here's the other thing. They both are appreciative of the TTA, the people mover that we've been talking about. The first, Nick Salcedo, is at TTA underscore team underscore lead. And he is a vacation planner with Capture the Vacation. And Capture the Magic Vacation. With us one day. Yeah, we're gonna bring him on the show. He's gonna he's gonna come on and help us talk about why you should be working with a vacation planner and all the advantages thereof. I originally thought he was the same person as the other Nick or Nick one B or however you want to say it. At TTA Travelers, a totally separate Twitter account. That is the Twitter handle for currently on hiatus podcast hosted by Nick and Laura. And they are very, very interactive and speak to us a lot too. 
I thought they were the same people. Because <laughs> of the TTA. Because of TTA, because of Nick. Who knows? And because they were both talking frequently to it me. It makes sense. It's just funny. So, it was confusing, and there was a little case of mistaken identity going on last week. I appreciate Nick Salcedo for pointing out that <laughs> I was being very confusing <laughs> by referring to two different conversations with the same person. Um, so anyway, that clears that up. Anyway, moving on. Next one is at double O, O-H underscore Kevin. He's our best friend too. This is a this is a new best friend of ours. Voice on the Mouse Knows Best podcast and a contributor to Geek Vibe Nation. We love him. Show him some love. Go out and follow him and read his blogs all about uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's doing a great job with that. So, And I'm kind of momming him every time he comes over. I'm like, let me feed you food. <laughs> it's true. Shout out to at Hyperion Podcast. They launched just a few months ago. On their podcast, they talk about Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, and all of pop culture. They're new friends of ours. They give us shout-outs and interact with us all the time, so go check them out. Nice. Great, fun show if you're into pop culture, which you're listening to us, you're probably a nerd like us. Yeah, super nerds. Um, a couple more podcasts I want to include while we're talking podcasts. The Mouse and More, at The Mouse and More on Twitter, is a Disney-based podcast hosted by Chris, Liza, Mark, Bridget, and Adam. Check them out. They're always very interactive and fun. And they do a podcast about Disney. You're listening to this. You probably like that as well. Yes. And lastly, at Disney underscore discuss, which is Disney discussions podcast. It's a family friendly podcast hosted by Tony and his two boys discussing Walt Disney World. And recently they just posted a podcast where they interviewed Lee Cockrell, former executive vice president of operations at Walt Disney World. Oh, that's our, cool. Our podcast is not family friendly. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I want to say a big hello and thank you to Theme Park Warriors on Instagram. The last couple of Mondays, they've been including us on their Instagram story and telling people to listen to us. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. that's awesome. Really appreciate that support. Go follow them. Really cool stuff. And then the last one, someone who's been with us from the very beginning, showing lots of support and interaction, Michael Leon Knox II at Disney Nut 1985. He's got a Facebook group you can join called Mad for the Mouse. He lives very close to us, which is another coincidence like we found with Kevin. Yeah. And But yeah, go check him out. He's a really cool guy. And of course, he loves Disney just like you and I. So get out there. Check that so stuff that out. So that 1985 leads me to believe that He's he, a fan of Back to the Future Part 1. Okay. <laughs> he is 32. <laughs> Never do simple math in public. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Is that right, Garrett? Check the math. 85. It depends on when his birthday was, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. My, my brain is not on math right now. That's okay. I don't blame you. Yeah. Mine's never on math. So that was it. That's all I wanted to do. I'm sure I haven't hit everybody that I'd like to give a shout out to, but watch out because we can do that next week. And we'll get back to our vacation planning series next week as well. I wanted to hold off on that until we have McKenna back because it's about time to start planning our individual vacations based on our you know, budget that I established. Yeah, I'm ready to um, tell everyone my amazing vacation plan. It probably involves joining the family with the uh, Disney Vacation Club and being overpriced and (laughs) actually not within the budget at all. (laughs) Well, then you will be disqualified. I'm just kidding. Garrett, anything you want to say before we wrap up for the day? Chicken nuggets. Great. Thank you for that contribution. (laughs) That has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. I guess he's hungry. 
You feeling hungry? It's about lunchtime. Not really. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening, even if you didn't get an individualized shout out. If you would like, a great way to do it would be to rate and review us on iTunes and give us a little write-up, because then I can see your little iTunes handle, and I'll give you a shout out that way. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you interact with us on Twitter, I'll probably end up saying your name at some point on here, so... Yeah. If you have any questions, thoughts, suggestions for the show, you can send them to us at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We have an Instagram, which is Monday Morning Monorail. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. And we have a phone number. And a phone number, which you'll hear if you listen to the outro. I encourage you to listen to the outro because you may even hear Mickey's voice at the <laughs> end of the outro. And everybody wants to hear Mickey. So until next time, we've had a great time. I hope you have a magical week. See you next Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.